0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the show. We were off for a few weeks for the holiday and then had some scheduling issues, but now we're back with another engineer. This week's guest is my friend, Kevin Froelich. He is a licensed civil engineer in the state of California and works for the County of Orange. In his current role, he works at a landfill overseeing the intake of waste, projects regarding site maintenance, and environmental compliance. If you're in school or thinking about going to school for engineering, this episode has some useful information about what to expect and challenges that may arise. There's also some great information about finding your first job, even if it's not initially what you thought it might be. As it turns out, while it's important to be good at math as an engineer, you also need to be able to effectively communicate, both electronically and verbally, to both individuals and teams. Perhaps more importantly, and this goes for all the non-engineers out there, too. You need to be a lifelong learner, being curious about solutions to problems, not just in theory, but in practice. Ladies and gentlemen, Episode 6 of The Job in Detail.
1: Hi, my name is Kevin Froelich. i like to tell you about my job. Um, I'm a civil engineer with uh, Orange County, and I work at... Uh, the landfills the county owns. Uh, we have three landfills. Um, the one I work at is in Irvine. We're pretty much the top, I think it's the top three in the state or top first in the state, top three in the country. I don't know. We're a pretty big landfill. We take uh, about average 8,500 tons of trash a day. Six days a week um, and just pretty much bury it. Um, so, my job as civil engineer at the site is just to make sure uh, we're following all the regulations and laws. Uh, a lot of my day to day is just uh, reviewing data, writing reports, reviewing reports, reviewing engineering designs.
0: When
2: you're talking about reviewing data, reports, designs, that kind of thing, is it uh, project-based or is it need-based? How how does that come about? Uh, it's
1: a little bit of both, need and project. Um, the biggest thing we kind of review is um, landfill gas data. So um, as trash decomposes, it creates landfill gas, which is uh, about a 50 mixture of methane and carbon dioxide plus a lot of little other things, but ideally it's about 50-50. So we're looking at that, a lot of that. um, For regulations, we are required to collect and destroy the methane. Uh, We can't let it leave the site, so pretty much Most of my day-to-day is looking at data on gas wells and probes and making sure uh, we're collecting as efficiently as possible. How do you collect and destroy it? So collecting is uh, we drill a well into the the trash, connect it to vacuum. That vacuum will then suck it up and uh, send it to... Uh, a flare which is just pretty much a big lighter Uh, we also have a power plant on site that will use it in combustion engines and create electricity that's pretty neat yeah so is that something that goes into the designs ahead of time before
2: you start burying trash or are you taking in in so much trash you're burying and then kind of figuring out how to collect after
1: it's kind of a collect after um so when new trash goes in, it's not really um, in that state to uh, anaerobic state to start generating that type, like 50% methane. So, it, you know, you got to wait a little bit before you want to start collecting. Otherwise, you're just getting poor quality gas. And I mean, as a employee of the county, um any amount of methane's good to me, but uh, since we do have a power plant and partners, they they rather see uh, upwards of that 50% methane versus that 20 or 30%. So, being a county landfill, is there certain
2: trash at your jurisdiction too? Is it only from other municipalities, or where does trash come
1: from all over? So, um, we're about 50% trash from Orange County. And then we have agreements with LA County and we, uh, LA County imports trash to us.
2: And they just pay you for it or how does that work?
1: Uh, yes. So they're, they're, when a truck comes in, they go through a fee booth, they get weighed and they pay a tipping fee based on how much trash they have.
2: Do you have to deal with any other uh, engineers like outsourcing to try and solve some of the problems you guys might come across or is it all completely in-house?
1: No, we do a lot of, we have a lot of consultants that work with us um, to figuring out, you know, we could ask them, get help with them if we're having issues with migrating gas to doing capital improvement projects. Um, upgrading buildings, and installing new phases of the landfill, anything you name it. Now, what does
2: your day-to-day look like? Is it always just reports, or do you have days where you're actually out there doing the work in the landfill? What does that look like? So,
1: a typical day, I guess. uh, So, it would be some review data, some... um, you know, going out to the field, looking what's going on. Uh, mostly, it's a lot of coordination between our operations, our consultants, um, contractors, just trying to get uh, projects done or just making sure uh, the landfill's running as efficiently as possible.
2: And how many people are you working with when you're when you're doing this?
1: Um. So our site employs, I think, about. I want to say 50 to 70 people. Um, I'm typically working with about five or six. Um, so I'm either working with the site superintendent or his supervisors or the laborer supervisors. Now, when
2: you first got into engineering, did you think you were going to be working with garbage essentially? Or what, what, was, the, uh, what was the goal?
1: Uh no, garbage was definitely not on my mind. Uh the goal is to be a design engineer um working in water resources so pretty much uh potable water distribution or stormwater control um which I I do that at my current position but not it's not heavily designed work. Um so that was my idea. Um I did get when I was looking for a job out of college. I was like, "All right, landfill. Uh, I'll go interview." Did you find it on your own, or did uh,
2: was somebody refer you to it?
1: No, I, I found it on my own. Uh, just kind of job searching, and I'm like, "Well, actually." Um, so, what it was was a um, a county-wide recruitment. So mm. it was you know it could have been for public works all kinds of different departments and um i got called in for an interview for the landfill i'm like okay what's what's the land I'm like what's this all about guess i'll go interview i mean like i need a job um, <laughs> so i interviewed i ended up getting the job and i'm like i really don't want to work at a landfill it's going to stink it's not going to be fun real nervous show first day i'm like all right actually doesn't stink too bad you know and then just going on with it it's actually i love it um i could spend a lot of time outdoors um and then with the landfills they're out in these canyons away from you know the the cities and stuff so you get a lot of nature and stuff so it's actually pretty cool
2: so before you took the position you really didn't
1: know much about
2: working in a landfill or anything like that it was the county said hey this position's open and you had to learn from it from there basically
1: pretty much i think in school we may have went over one small paragraph of landfill design so it was definitely learn on the job um, type of work
2: so let's go back to college uh, a little bit was there Something in particular in your life that made you want to be an engineer? Did you know that you were going to want to be an engineer going into college?
1: Uh, Yes, I kind of did. I think in the junior, maybe beginning of senior year in high school, people were like, hey, you're good at math. You should be an engineer. I'm like, all right. So that's kind of what I did. Um, Now, in terms of actually what kind of engineer I wanted to be, I had no idea um, because there's a lot of different fields. You know, you got mechanical, you got aerospace, you got civil. Um, So part of me, I was thinking about mechanical um, until I learned that things in motion are a lot harder to calculate than things standing still. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes a physics problem at that point. Yeah, so um, I kind of lean towards civil, but civil has its own kind of – civil is so broad, it's – I mean, I could say I'm a civil engineer, but you're still like, so what do you do? I, exactly. Um, I could be working on buildings. I could be working on roads. I could be working on sewers. I could be working on water distribution, storm water. I could be kind of what I do now is more of a kind of regulations um, type of engineer. Where I do very little design work, just more of making sure... Uh, you stay in compliance
2: well it's california after all
1: yes there's a it's definitely a lot of things you got to deal with especially in landfills and they just uh keep batting regulations where did you go to school uh so i went to uh cerritos for a few years uh cerrito city for a few years just kind of getting my general courses done, and then I got accepted at uh, Long Beach State. And then what was your schooling experience like? Was it
2: everything you thought it would be, or was the math harder than you thought it might be?
1: Um, Definitely, I had a rude awakening with math. Uh, All through high school, I was able to send the back, halfway pay attention, and get A's and B's. Uh, Going into calculus was definitely like, oh, I got to kind of pay attention um so it was definitely an awakening there um in terms of overall experience um definitely my experience was definitely not like the movies where it was party all the time it was more like okay i need to get this homework done otherwise i'm going to fail the class
2: were there any particularly uh tough subjects for you um that that were I mean, obviously you had the root awakening for math, but was there any specific class that stood out to you? Like, oh, this one's going to be my roadblock.
1: Um, yeah, I had a couple of those. Uh, I had a uh, programming class for like C++, like computer programming. That one was, I had no clue what I was doing. I don't know how I passed, but <laughs> I did. Um, let's see, there is... A, some of the harder, more uh physics type courses, um like uh geez, what were they? Dynamics, mm. which is pretty much doing physics problems with things in motion. At any point were you like I chose the wrong wrong career path? Uh, no, I don't think that ever really happened to me. It was more just like um Geez, I need to figure this out so I could continue. I don't wanna I don't wanna start over. I don't wanna go through this pain again. Were you a
2: part of any study groups or clubs, anything like that?
1: Uh no. Um I kinda got into ASCE, which is American Society of Civil Engineers. Um, I think my last year there. Um didn't really wasn't really like joined, just kind of hang out with a lot of the people in it. So, and then studying, I, you know, I never really enjoyed studying with others. I kind of just always rather, you know, if I figure it out myself, I'm going to learn it better type thing. So that's kind of how, re- how I went around. Um, I think at Long Beach State, I think I went to the library once, first <laughs> study group. So.
2: On the flip side of tough subjects, were there any subjects you particularly enjoyed uh, at the
1: collegiate level? Oh, yes. I took a, a water resource class, which is pretty much anything design-wise to deal with water. So stormwater, um, potable water, sewers. Uh, I had a really good time in that class. Uh, the professor was very practical on, like, this is what you're going to do versus a lot of the other professors were more um, kind of educational type. mm so I enjoyed that class. I think I ended up getting
2: the highest grade in that class. Is that what made you want to get into the design aspect of it?
1: Um, yeah, that kind of helped um, push me in that kind of direction. Um, part of it was also I've always liked water. Um, water is one of the more, I, to me, it's one of the more harder things to um, design for just based on the math. Is that because of weight, or what is it about it that makes it more difficult? It's just um, I'm not sure. I just I know a lot of people struggled with it, and a lot of those class, like all the uh, water classes. So it's just water is kind of unique; it does strange things. So you gotta like check a lot of things when designing. Uh, water is very destructive, so. That also adds a, a another niche into the what you're trying to design for. So, so is it kind of like fluid dynamics, but at a large scale?
2: Is, is that Yeah, to? pretty much. Now, how long did it take you to find your job out of college?
1: Uh, let's see, um, took me. Uh, about six months to get the offer from the county.
2: And hey, that's pretty good. I know people that did, uh, like, took them, like, three years out of college
1: to find a job. <laughs> um, the only thing is, I think it took another, like, four months to actually get into the position. Oh, okay. So,
2: <laughs> thank you, county. What did that uh, onboarding process look like? Um, were you just working at a different job the whole time, or were you just kind of waiting
1: for them to, to take you on? Um, I I did have a job. Uh, I was working, I worked throughout college. I was working in a hydraulics warehouse at the time. Um, so they um, company sold hydraulic parts, hydraulic hoses,
2: and stuff like that. How would you find that job? That seems kind of like a a niche type thing.
1: I got it through family. Um, my mom oh, works okay. for the company, so they're like, "Hey, we just we need someone in the warehouse." I'm like, "All right, it's better working." Been working at these department stores, which I've been doing. So, you're
2: a civil engineer. You talked about that could mean you do all sorts of different things. Um, beyond your degree, are there any certifications that you already have or that you'd like to get?
1: Um, so, there's as a civil engineer, there's kind of like two that you need to focus on, which the first one is your uh, engineering and training certificate. Um, it's kind of just pretty much like, all right, you got the basic knowledge. Now you need to work on getting your license type thing. So that's you gotta sit for a um, eight hour test on that one, um, and that's usually done while you're still in college. Oh, okay. so I I did it I, um, a year before I graduated, and uh, was able to pass it. Nice. And then uh the next one uh you gotta look at is your getting your license. So for that you need um with your schooling two years of experience, and then you gotta take another eight-hour test. And then with being in California, they require extra tests. Um so let me just kind of back up. So the first for the license the first 8 hour test is nationwide it's in every state now this there's states like california new yorks another one they require extra tests so here they require a surveying test and a seismic test on top of the national before you can get your uh, your license and what do, what do those tests look like um so the two state tests they're There are two-and-a-half-hour tests, both of them. Uh, All these tests are multiple choice. Um, That that does help. Uh, They used to be written. I think you used to uh, get, like, ten questions, and you had to answer four of them. Oh, wow. uh, For the National. So, yeah, they used to be written. Um, So, the National, they still kind of have that. uh, You pretty much go... I went to the Pomona Fairgrounds for mine and you go into one of the big hangars they have there and that will just be full of tables and people trying to take the test. Um, and also these, these tests are open books. They don't expect you to memorize everything. That would be impossible. They understand like on the job, you'll be able to look something up. So, Yeah, but at the same time, you
2: need to know what you're looking at.
1: Yeah. Other, otherwise,
2: don't think you're going to be able to just go in and pass it, I'd imagine.
1: No, no. Uh, you, you won't have enough time to look everything up. Or at least you need to know where to look something up. It's kind of like those
2: calculus tests where they didn't let you use a calculator. People would complain. You said, trust me, if I let you use a
1: calculator, it's going to be a harder test. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think I ended up – I think I had like four or five references for – what I was doing because I tested it. So um, the national test, there's two parts. There's the the morning session, which is general engin- civil engineering. And then there's the afternoon uh, session, which, it, which um, you specialize. So I specialize water resources. So my test was all about just water resources. So I think I had five references for the whole, whole day. Um, like people like taking like traffic, Um, they had a whole bunch because they have a lot more to look up. So people would come in and with maybe five books or a cart full of books, depending on what they're trying to do. So you passed this one. So you're licensed now in the state. I am now licensed in the state. Yes. State of California. Neat. You get a stamp and everything. I got a stamp. (laughs) So uh, how does that
2: help you in your career field? What uh, what kind of things do you end up doing with that? Do you actually get to approve plans? Uh, is it something that where you'd become a plan checker for the county uh, eventually? What kind of stuff does that allow you to do?
1: So that pretty much allows me, if I create a design, I could put my stamp on it and say, you know, in my professional opinion,
2: this is right. Now, do you ever expand upon your specializations or if you're since your specialty is water resources is that just always what it's going to be
1: no you you could change um it doesn't necessarily have to be what you tested in pretty much kind of the the law states if as a civil engineer you have to be competent in your field so as long as you're competent in that field you could stamp is this something uh, that you're going to
2: keep pushing for as you gain more experience to try and take any water resource opportunities that might come
1: your way? Um, yeah, I'd probably take uh, an opportunity in kind of that field. Um, I do do some kind of work at the landfill and water resources. Well, yeah, I'd
2: imagine erosion would be a problem at a landfill.
1: Oh, big time. Yes. when you're When you're making a mountain full of trash and dirt, yeah, that's a big concern. Um, now, who who picks the sites for the landfills? How does that end up working? Um, so the last site that's been picked is the the one I've worked at, um, and that was picked back in 1980s. Um, as of right now, I don't think Orange County as a whole will ever pick another landfill site. Um, it it does take a lot of work. It, Uh, A lot of discussion with regulators. uh, Pretty much the water board and AQMD are the two major ones. Oh, and Calvary Cycle um, are your three major regulators at the site. Um, So I've never, you know, been around picking a landfill. I just know it's a lot of work. So they have no intention of
2: picking a new one. What happens when a a site gets full, or does that happen?
1: It it does happen. Um, So a site gets full, we'll we'll do a a closure of the site. Um, Pretty much what we'll do is we'll go in and um, do at least a five-foot layer of dirt, and then that five-foot layer has pretty much two purposes, keep the landfill gas in, and then to try to keep water out of the the trash waste. Hmm. and uh we'll do a lot of you know drainage improvements stuff like that Uh, a lot of vegetation cover is there a plan for
2: trash disposal in the future is there are there talks about what to do with trash beyond
1: let's bury it (laughs) um there are uh so right now there's a big push to try to get organics out of the landfill um so organics they decompose a lot more than they de. there's what's decomposing that's what's creating the gas so they're they're trying to get that out of landfills do more of a kind of recovery of of materials so right now part of that initiative is to do composting versus just throwing in green waste into the trash um they also do try to get food waste into uh, bio digesters. Just um, they'll decompose faster, create a richer gas to be used for uh, energy. And then uh, landfill will only be left with inorganic waste, which will create no methane gas. So that will, you know, help us in terms of protecting the environment. But then uh, our power plant won't really much like us anymore. <laughs>
2: Do you have any particular interests or anything that you think um, have helped you do well in your field?
1: Um, I think just as my personal experience, um, I've kind of been more of a practical engineer. Um, You know, I don't idealize everything. Sometimes you idealize, you you know, you're working on a design it's like, oh, this is the perfect design. And you go out into the field and contractors be like, we can't build that.
2: Mm,
0: okay.
1: So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm familiar with that as the good idea fairy. It's, well, yeah. what if we did this? What if I did this? And it just, it completely changes from all practicality. It becomes a theoretical exercise.
1: Yeah. So I think just my experience is what I've gone through, um, has kind of made me more of the kind of practical side of engineering, which, uh, definitely, uh, my operations guys and my contractors definitely like.
2: The, uh, contractors that you have, are they, I know you said you work with uh, other subcontractors that are third party, but do you, does the county employ them as well?
1: Yeah. So we, we have contracts for our water systems, contracts for, uh, um construction of our landfill gas we do contracts for you know design projects all kinds of things and uh we either will go out the bid or we have a, a list of uh, approved consultants or contractors that we could pull off of, of and be like hey we have some work for you
2: do you ever get to use any of the heavy uh, equipment or machinery or is that only contractors
1: um, so our sites, we do, our operations is run by the County. Um, other sites will, they will hire third party to run their dozers and do their trash filling, but we're, we're all County employees. Um, so, uh, I have been in some of the machines. I have convinced the superintendent to, uh, let me drive a dozer around a little bit, um, <laughs> It is definitely was a boyhood dream. I'm like, wow, I'm in a dozer, I'm pushing dirt around. This is so much fun. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, I really would not want to do this all day. Stressful, or boring. it's just it's loud. You get bounced around a lot. Um, but it was definitely a fun experience for me. I was probably the, the happiest guy in the world when I got to do that. <laughs> Uh, Are there any continuing education credits that you have to keep doing? How does that work for your licensing? So license, um, you're supposed to continue learning. Um, I don't think they ever really kind of check that, but as a day-to-day type of thing, I'm always doing training. I'm always getting told to attend this webinar here and there. So it's, it's something that's kind of just in the day to day just happens now that you've been
2: working in the field because initially you knew you wanted to be an engineer. You didn't know which, which branch you wanted to go or which direction you wanted to go. Uh, If you could change it
1: now, would you, or would you stick with civil? I would stick with civil. Um, I definitely enjoy it. And what's next for you?
2: What's, the what's the goal if you knew you could plan everything out for the next you know 25 30 years uh where would your ideal position be to end up
1: oh so ideal position wow um it'd probably be up there and kind of like it depends if i stay with the county it'd be my next level would probably be uh, a senior civil engineer which would be kind of the supervising engineer for uh, the site, Um, so I'm I'm only one step down from that a civil engineer. Um, If I would probably go private, it'd probably be more in terms of a a project manager, so um, I'd still be like a civil engineer, but I'd be the one kind of going out, getting projects, and then managing the team to uh, finish the design. Do you have any plans to try and do more design work yourself right now? Um, uh, no plans as of right now. Um, just kind of going with the flow. Um, I I know this for a fact. I'm not going to stay with the county forever. Um, it's it is a great place to start. Um, it's a great job, but I don't just I just don't see myself being a thirty year county guy is there
2: like a project you'd love to work on? Like, uh, let's take water resources, for example. You're like, oh, I'd really like to uh, work on a sewer system or a dam design or something
1: like that. Um, it'd probably be like kind of a large scale, either like s- stormwater conveyance system or a large scale um, water distribution type system um never really kind of thought about that cuz uh i know going through school i was thinking oh you know i wanted to do that like at one point i wanted to design bridges mm. and then i was like that's too much liability i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah suddenly you don't want to stamp on that one <laughs> yeah so i never really thought that way in terms of water resources but um mm. so kind of like all of them um, In school, I did stormwater design, I did sewer design, uh, I did potable water system distribution design. I kind of enjoyed all of them. So it'd be more of kind of just, you know, going from that small scale in school to just doing a large scale.
2: Well, it's something we take for granted because you don't really think about it. But uh, I mean, like as the high desert starts to develop more, for example, there's, I don't think there's a lot of water distribution in place over there. And that's something that's going to have to come up as the, that land starts getting developed. I mean, cause even from the development side here, when we see a plot of land, if it doesn't connect to sewer, that's a whole nother set of things that we have to try and work out if we're going to try and build there, you know?
1: Uh sewer's not too much of an issue. You got septic systems. Sure. Sure. But the
2: question is if, if it's not near sewer, It's probably not near power. It's not near uh, water overall, because when usually when that's the case, it's a more isolated area. Yeah, we've yeah we've gotten lucky where there's okay there's septic and then there's a spring nearby. But then you go okay, what do I do about
1: reconciling those two? (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely an issue we face at the landfill because we're out in the canyons. Mm. Um, You know, we we already. We're going through an issue where we actually don't – we're out of power at the site. We need more power. we got to bring in more power. Um, if we ever need more water, that's going to be in a big project. How are you guys getting
2: your power uh, right now? Is it mainly temporary lines, generators? How is that being handled?
1: No, we we do have a, a line through Edison. So mm. um, we would just have to upgrade all, this, all the uh, equipment to just get more power off that line. Um, we do not have a sewer. We run off septic. Uh, we have a, I think it's like a, a one-inch potable line, so we don't get a lot of potable water. And then we have a, uh, I think it's a 10-inch reclaimed water line that we have. So we get a, we use a lot of reclaimed water at the site. Uh, is that uh, forced or is that a choice? It's a choice. Uh, we do use a lot of water at the site. Um, we have to maintain dust control. So we're always spraying down down the roads with water. So reclaimed water is a lot cheaper than potable water. Um, so it's definitely a, a choice for us. If somebody wanted
2: to get into the field for civil, let's start there. Uh, would you recommend um, something like this because of the overall experience you get to different aspects that they could pursue from there? Or would you think there would be a better first job for them? I
1: don't know. This was a a pretty good first job um, because you deal with a lot of the the fields within civil engineering. Um, You even kind of deal with some of the kind of getting to mechanical a little bit, not too much, but a little bit. So it's definitely an overall picture of just civil engineering. It seems like
2: you get a pretty good exposure to working with different people too, how to communicate with contractors, how to communicate with bids, you know, the kind of bureaucratic process, that kind of stuff. But is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, that's definitely fair to say. Now, if they wanted to be an engineer just in general, uh, would you have any advice for them?
1: Jeez, um, it's a good one. Uh it's... Make sure it's something you want to do. It's not an easy process in, in college. Um, you know, I've known a couple of people that started civil engineering. They're like, nope, this is not definitely not for me. <laughs> it's just too much work for some people. Um, but in the long run, it's, it's great. Um, once you get past all the tests in college, uh, it kind of flips around, I think, the other way. And, not too hard (laughs) when you say make sure it's something you want to do is that something that
2: just the classes and in college and stuff will kind of expose you to you'll learn there hey if you don't if you can't do this you're not gonna like the job
1: yeah if if you're struggling in some of the classes um i know people that have you know failed and retaken and great engineers but um you know, if if you're not enjoying the classes, if you're struggling, I mean, you're all you're gonna struggle in the engineering classes. That's definitely a given. But if you're not enjoying, oh, I wouldn't even say enjoying. If you're not living for that struggle, struggle, then I don't. You know, it's definitely not for you. Um, you gotta really, you know, you gotta think.
2: It sounds like there's a certain satisfaction level, you know, you're going to be an okay as an engineer when you're struggling with something and you get excited when you solve that problem.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's that's the kind of read I get from the outside.
1: <laughs> definitely. Um, just like one of my experience I was taking, it was a, a reinforced concrete design class and we had our first test and I'm like, I failed. I know I failed. And, uh, instructor went through the the problem before he handed back our test and first problem like I think I got something like that next problem like I think I got something like that at each problem we went through I did the same thing got my test back 100% I was like oh wow so that was the one and only time but I did it (laughs) (laughs) just for edification of the kind of things
2: that people might expect to be tested on in civil when you say reinforced concrete design is that actually designing like the spacing? for the rebar uh, to be able to calculate the the PSI, the concrete can withstand? Uh, Yeah, so uh,
1: um, that class, we designed uh, columns, beams, uh, concrete slabs, and it was pretty much, you know, figuring out how much uh, still you needed in it, where you're placing that still, doing all the math to make sure uh, it was all right.
2: Is it like a type a proof type situation? Like, what does a test look like in engineering? Is it hey, it kind of open ended, like you said, where it used to be, design a system that can withstand this, and then you have to explain it and then do the math to show it, or is it uh, asking you to do a problem?
1: How does that look like? Uh, it's kind of both. Um, so some of the higher um, upper level classes where it was an actual design class. It was, here. here's kind of your problem, figure it out, make your design, do the math, does it work? You know, the lower level classes are more like, here's a math problem, solve it.
2: Got it. So the higher up you go, the more open-ended it gets. Yeah. If you had to pick out some personality traits or anything like that, who would you say this field is for?
1: Um... Jeez. people that you know kind of think outside the box that enjoy math um, you always get the, the thing oh he's just a, an engineer he's not a good people person but you actually kind of need that um, especially if you're on the kind of design side trying to sell people hey you need this you gotta come up with ideas you just can't just sit there and be like, all right, this is what I learned. So this is what's going to work. That may be true. It may not be true. So
2: when, uh, you, you said people person and obviously that's important. Like we pointed, identified just the one example of dealing with like the bureaucratic process, you know, is it, were you always a people person? Do you think, or do you think it's something that you work
1: on actively and develops just by working? Uh, me I definitely had it was something I had to work on I was not a people person I was you know the typical type of he's an engineer he he doesn't know how to deal with people so it was, that was definitely the one of the bigger learning experiences I had um and then like just with communication I think one of my biggest learning skills is how to write an email mm. um I was definitely not good at writing emails. I'm still not great at writing emails. Sometimes when I have a difficult email I have to write, I, you know, hey, can you come proofread this before I send it? Now, is that something you
2: identified when you were in college still? Like, were you warned by professors, hey, you should probably start working on this stuff? Or did it kind of hit you in the face like a brick after you started work? It kind of hit you in the
1: it hit me in the face. Yeah. Um, college, you don't really see that. Uh, and it's kind of just your your coursework, and that's
2: about it. Were there any professors that offered anything on, on the side or, uh, like, any volunteer opportunities or anything like that? Because I know some of the um, upper-end classes, they're, like, adjunct faculty or something like that where they're working professionals, and sometimes they offer volunteer opportunities. Was there anything
1: like that in the engineering field? Um, not so much. When I was going through my courses, a lot of my professors were educational, and that's all they were doing. They were all, all they were doing is teaching. Um, I actually think Cal State Long Beach has moved more towards that versus trying to hire uh, professors that were actually working in the
2: fields. You think it would be a lot more relevant information? At least it's up to date.
1: Yes. So that, that's one of the reasons I enjoyed that water resources class so much, just because it was someone that was working in the field.
2: Mm, yeah, It. I think all my favorite classes in, in school were taught by somebody that was working in the field. It, it seemed like they had the most passion for it, too. Yeah. Well, I always like to ask, uh, based off of it kind of gives a feel for the person, too. It almost supports that uh who do you think this field's for question, but, uh, are there any specific hobbies you have. Um, what do you like to do when you're not working? So, uh,
1: like, uh, shooting guns, um, for mo- the most part, the people I know, uh, in engineering shoot guns. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like, you know, all mechanical nature of it. At least that's kind of what it is for me. Um, recently I've gotten back into, uh, Building Legos uh, was something I used to do as a kid. There's also something that, like, hey, you like building Legos, you should be an engineer. <laughs> so, um, Gone back into that. Um, I do, I, you know, enjoy, you know, working on cars and stuff like that. Enjoy a lot of outdoors. Um, so you, you typically, from most of my experience, like 80% of engineers kind of have those kind of same, like, uh, hobbies. They like being outside. They like, you know, shooting guns. They like camping. Um, Not always, but um, we always like to joke. My department's like the heaviest, heaviestly armed (laughs) department there is, so.
2: It might seem like an odd question, but do you have a lot of, like, work-related stress? Is the the job itself pretty stressful at all or no? It can get...
1: Extremely stressful. Yes. There's times that I want to rip out my hair and like, I quit. I'm done with this. Um, but it's also something I've always kind of thrived in. Like the harder it gets, the harder I work. Um, I get that. Part of
2: the reason I ask is it's interesting. So some people that I've talked to, it's they do their job. Their job is stressful. So when they're off hours, they don't want to do anything even slightly pertaining to work. They want to do something completely different. And it seems like the engineers have engineering hobbies even outside of work. It's like they can't
1: turn their brain off or something. Yeah, um, it's kind of just a mentality uh, like we have. And it's just a, it's a way of thinking. But that uh, seems that that's what makes you guys successful in your field, right? Yeah. I mean, we're always trying to learn something. I mean, it may not—it's not always necessarily about work. It could be anything that you're just always trying to learn something. So, well, makes sense to me. Keep learning, I guess. Yeah, like try. I mean, like I was built my own uh, like stereo system, just trying to figure out all the electronics was. A nightmare because I'm not that was definitely not one of my favorite subjects in college was electrical, electrical? yeah <laughs> so trying to go back and remembering all that and like trying to figure out how to set up these speakers so we do stuff like that we tinker in everything how often do you break stuff quite a bit <laughs> I gotta go back and try to figure out how to fix it
2: and most of the time you're successful are there times that you just don't tell people about
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i'm sure there's times like but usually i'm i'm pretty successful I i get it figured out um so uh yeah i really appreciate
2: you talking about it. i know the last thing you want to do on a sunday is talk about your job but um a really interesting at least i finally know what you do i only had kind of a vague idea
1: <laughs> yeah so. um also, another thing is, uh, before I forget, make sure you're good at writing and reading. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because uh, throughout I was like, oh, you're good at math. You should be an engineer. Uh, we do more than math. We do a lot of writing and a lot of reading. So uh, just uh, some last thoughts there. Sounds like
2: you need uh, well-rounded, to be well-rounded and have applicable skills.
1: Yes, so um, I definitely lack on the, the reading and writing, so it's always something I have to work on, but um, I enjoy it either way, I guess. I don't I don't see myself moving career fields anytime soon. I don't know what made me think of it when you brought that up,
2: but there was a documentary about your office that was made, correct?
1: Yes, there was one. Has that come out? Is that something that uh, people could look up? So that, that did go out. Um, it went out on July 5th. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to find it because it was only broadcast in the UK. Do you know what it was called? It was uh, The Secrets of a Mega Landfill, I think. And uh, what did they do? Were you featured in it as well? Uh, I was in it for a short period. Um, they did do a lot of filming with me. A lot of it did not end up in the in the documentary. I mean, they filmed for a whole week. I think probably ninety percent of everything they filmed did not end up in the documentary because um, I think the documentary was only an hour and a half, but uh, I was featured in it uh, discussing the stuff we do with drones. How was that having a, a camera crew follow you around? Is it weird? Uh, it was definitely something to get used to, uh, especially since I'm not good with the whole uh, give me attention. I want to be the center of attention. I want to talk to people. I know um, you wouldn't even let me do video today. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's definitely for other reasons too, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's also me trying to recover from vacation. So. <laughs> mm.
2: Well, I'm glad the scheduling finally aligned. I'm um, glad you hit me up again yesterday because this is, what, three weeks in
1: the making now? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, that, Uh She was the one who was like, hey, when are you doing that that podcast with uh, Nick? And I'm like, oh, I should text him.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to say thank you, Vet, for uh, stalling it,
1: for delaying it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> she, she's the one that, like, hey, you need to – she reminded me about it. Oh, as I would have forgot.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll text her right after this. But uh, I, I appreciate the time. I'd like to see uh, if you do end up doing any of the water resource designs or things like that. It'd be kind of fun to follow up and see if you're working on anything different in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely to follow up.
2: So, but uh, I appreciate it, and let's uh, let's plan on talking soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right. You're welcome. Uh,
1: bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you like the show and want to support it, please subscribe and rate wherever you get your podcasts. Also visit the support section on anchor.fm slash Detail. Thank you to Kevin for joining me. If you're interested in seeing the documentary we referenced, I've linked to it on the show's description and on thejobindetail.com. I'm lining up a few more episodes, but if you or someone you know would like to be interviewed, send an email to nick at thejobindetail.com. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe, everyone, and see you on the next show.